engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hang on a second. Hang on. Just, just give me a second. I'm coming. Uh, sorry. I was hoping maybe a nuclear war had broken out or something so I wouldn't have to talk about Roy Moore. Sorry, didn't happen. I guess we got to talk about it. Oh, oh, what a story. Uh, Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. You know, Charlie is out killing deer today, allegedly. I got to find that guy, somebody who has a lot of land to let him just kill deer on instead of dealing with federal land. In any event, he's told me I shouldn't bring this up, but I'm going to today. I, you know, I didn't think I would be able to uh, develop friendships with people on radio because everybody wouldn't be friends with a guy on radio. And it wound up some of my, my very good friends now are people I met after getting the show. But good Lord, have I uh, made myself too available. The number of people who are texting me and emailing me angrily over the Roy Moore situation and what they think I should or shouldn't do and and how I'm wrong or right when they've either misread or, or implied in what I'm re- written things that I've, I haven't even said or thought. Uh, I, I clearly need to change my email address and phone number um, after today. I, it just, it, it's so frustrating. I, and I've been getting angry emails from people for several weeks now from people quibbling with things I've said. And, and I've had to email several people back and just say, you know what? It, it's, it's time to stop emailing me. Um, and I, oh, the overextension in any event. The reason I say that is because I'm, I'm not going to defend Roy Moore and I'll tell you why I'm not going to defend him. Uh, because even if uh, this girl was 17 years old, he was in his thirties and that's creepy as hell. Uh, if, if I had a 17 year old daughter and she was dating a 30 some odd year old man, uh, I would see if I could pay someone to kidnap him and break his kneecaps. Uh, it is, it is creepy as hell. Uh, a 30 something, a 17 year. Don't give me that age of consent BS. I almost said bad words. I hope I'm on delay. It, it is. It, no, no, that's gross. Stop it. Uh, if I had a high school daughter dating a college senior, that would be bad. Um, my kid's not going to date, period, anyway. Um, we're going to convert to Catholicism and she's going to become a nun before she dates. But nonetheless, um, and listen. In my experience, in, in my professional background as a lawyer and talking to people who dealt with this and, and all that, I, I just, there's something about the story. And it, it may not be as said, it may not be as reported. It is 30 some odd years ago. Moore is a deeply flawed candidate. Uh, I'm not going to defend him, but I am going to tell you this. Um, it, it, it strikes me as unsurprising that a mass of people have rushed out to attack him and throw him under the bus. And they all happen to be people who hated him anyway and wanted him to lose. And none of that has changed. The people who supported him are supporting him. The people who hate him have hated him. And how did we get to this point in American politics where we have a president of the United States caught on video saying what he said about grabbing women and still gets a pass and something like this, well, first of all, Roy Moore is innocent until proven guilty. No one has filed charges against him. They're 30-some-odd years ago. Whether you think he did it or not probably depends on whether you support him or not, whether you liked him to begin with. The most hostile opinions I've seen about Roy Moore come from conservatives who hated him from the very beginning, who were perfectly happy to have the corrupt Luther Strange stay in office. You know, I didn't endorse Roy Moore in the primary, uh, 
I had a lot of friends who worked with him, and it just wasn't worth my time to take a position, even though I, I said several times on this program, Mo Brooks would have probably been the best guy. Uh, I did endorse him in the runoff because Luther Strange is corrupt. Um, I, I do believe that. I think Strange is a tool of the establishment and should be beaten. Um, who knew this stuff about Roy Moore was coming? And I will just say again that it is a profound testimony to the incompetence of the Republican Party in Washington that this story was out there and they couldn't get it out there. And that they're willing to throw Roy Moore under the bus is actually a big flag to a lot of his supporters that they're behind it and it's not true and they're just trying to sabotage him. They already believe Republicans are working with Democrats in Washington. And this is just it. I just, I gotta tell you, I don't believe the Washington Post would do this. And I know many of you hate the media so much. You think that's true, but rounding up 30 different unrelated sources with similar stories. But I don't care. I, I'm not going to defend Roy Moore. I'm not going to attack Roy Moore. He is innocent until proven guilty. The truth will find him out in this lifetime or the next. What I want to talk about, though, is I am appalled by the number of people attacking his voters. Not not his supporters. He's got some, some stupid idiots who have been defending him, engaged in heresy even, that, that Mary and Joseph had Jesus. No, no, Mary was a virgin. Yeah, some of the biggest morons to to defend anyone in American politics have come out of the last 24 hours to defend Roy Moore but by heresies and attacking uh, purported victims and just saying a bunch of stupid stuff. But those are not his voters. And his voters, like Trump voters, are coming under attack and condemnation from a lot of people. And I think it's inappropriate because I don't blame them for sticking with Roy Moore. Even if I couldn't pull the trigger on voting for more and would probably wash my hands of it and stay home, I don't blame them. In the same way that I've said repeatedly, I never blame Trump voters for voting for Trump. In this case, just let's go back one week. A week ago, a man, an atheist, a militant atheist, walked into a church and killed half the congregation. And a lot of liberals on social media cheered and said they got what they deserved and mocked Christians. A few weeks before that, a gunman gunned down a bunch of people in Las Vegas and a CBS executive was fired for ridiculing them, saying they got what they deserved. You have people piling on conservatives all the time. You've got liberals trying to put men in women's bathrooms. The, the liberals today are outraged. And pay attention to this point if you pay attention to nothing else. Pay attention to this point. You've got a bunch of liberals out there saying that it is outrageous because these girls were not of the age of consent to have sexual relations with Roy Moore. And yet these very same liberals believe that a three-year-old can decide to change their gender. It's political opportunism. And they're heaping scorn on Roy Moore's voters. And I got to tell you. Whether I agree or disagree, whether I would support Roy Moore or not, it, can you really blame people for sticking with a guy who they know is going to go to Washington and fight for him at a time when the other side really does want them shut up, really does in some cases want to gun them down, really does in many cases want them driven from polite society, really does in many cases want to up in society, really does want to get rid of their morals, really does want to force them to bake cakes for gay marriage, really does want to force them to accept men in their women's bathrooms? Can you blame anybody? for standing with the guy who is terribly flawed and not your cup of tea, but you know he's going to vote for your values in Washington whether he's got them or not. 
Because the other side not only hates your values, they hate you as well. They think you're evil because you won't embrace their values. Can you really blame people for standing for Roy Moore? I don't think you can. You may not like him. You may think he's done wrong. You may believe he's guilty. But the other side is going to stand with the people who hate the guts of the people of Alabama. So if I was in Alabama and I was an Alabama voter, I would have to wonder, if I don't go vote for Roy Moore, is the Supreme Court going to be in, in jeopardy? And if I don't go vote for Roy Moore, am I going to hand it to someone who's going to make sure that my kids have to go to school and see boys in the girls' bathroom? Because that's where we're at in this country. Now, I got to tell you, it, it just it, constitutionally, and, and I don't mean the Constitution, I mean body, soul, Constitution here, I, I, I got to put my trust in a higher power and not in a politician. And I think a lot of people on both sides are putting their trust in politicians, sending different sinners to Washington. They're all sinners. But a lot of people are putting their trust in politicians to protect them, and I don't think that's going to happen. But I don't blame them for thinking it is going to happen. I don't blame them for looking at two people of diametrically opposed views. One hates their worldview. The other says he's going to defend it and say, and I don't like this guy, but I got to go with him. In the same way, I never blame Trump voters for voting for Trump, even though I do not care for the president. I do not blame Roy Moore voters for standing with Roy Moore when there is a culture war on and they would love to just be left alone. And the other side tell them, we're not only going to not leave you alone, we're going to fire you from your job and shut down your business if you don't go along with us. When you create an existential crisis, don't be surprised when people are willing to say, this is my principle, but I got to set it aside and fight back. You can agree to disagree. I don't know that I would agree with the decision, but I don't blame the people for standing with Roy Moore in Alabama, given what's coming, given what we're facing, given the culture war. You know, if, if the left would just say, okay, you know, Alabama, you can have your values and, and we're not going to try to force you to accept what we do in California, it'd be one thing. But they're not doing that. They're telling Alabama, you're going to act just like California or else, you bigots. And what's Alabama supposed to do? Hand it over to them? Twenty-seven after the hour. The phone number four zero four eight seven two zero seven five zero one eight hundred WSB Talk. Y'all, there's a lot of other news besides Roy Moore out there, and I'm happy to take your phone calls. But I'm not going to devote my entire show to the Senate race in Alabama when I'm just I'm disgusted by the whole thing, and yet again we see conservatives being forced to to own accusations that uh, the left is never forced to own. Uh, and whether you think they're true or not, I just at this point, I don't care. There are so many other things out there. The president is in China. Uh, you got uh, the tax policy in, in Washington crumbling. And, you know, it's a free-for-all Friday night, so you can call in as well when we come back. I would just like to note, as the University of Georgia goes into playing Auburn, that uh, we're not having a, a sex scandal among political candidates in Georgia this week. That's all on Alabama. Um, you Auburn fans can deal with that. <laughs> oh, the phone number, 404-872-0750-1800, WSB-TALK. Real quick, if Roy Moore didn't do it, and he's come out this afternoon and he's forcefully denying the allegations... 
I want to play for you an advertisement. It's actually one of my favorite political advertisements. And the reason it's one of my favorite political advertisements is it was a very forceful, very bold move by the Reagan campaign to do something that really hadn't been done in American politics before or since. There have been variations on, on ads, but nothing quite like this before or since the ad. In 1980, the Carter campaign leveling all sorts of accusations against Ronald Reagan, scaring voters that he was going to lead us to a nuclear war. And instead of Reagan running some other sort of ad, Nancy Reagan came out. And it was just Nancy Reagan on camera. And this is the com actual commercial that the Reagan campaign ran in 1980. If I can get it to load. Here we go. Stand by for Nancy Reagan. Maybe, you know, it, it never quite see, they won't let you download this ad. Um, so I, I had to do it live, run the thing live now that I built it. I Here deeply, we go. deeply resent and am offended by the attacks that President Carter's made on my husband, the personal attacks that he's made on my husband, his attempt to paint my husband as a man he is not. He is not a warmonger. He is not a man who is going to throw the elderly out on the street and cut out their social security. That's a terrible thing to, to, to do and to say about anybody. That's campaigning on fear. There are many issues that are at stake in this campaign. I would like Mr. Carter to explain to me why the inflation is as high as it is, why unemployment is as high as it is. I would like to have him explain the vacillating, weak foreign policy so that our friends overseas don't know what we're going to do, whether we're going to stand up for them or whether we're not going to stand up for them. And the issue of this campaign is his three and a half year record. The time is now for strong leadership. That was one of the very first ads where a spouse went on the attack of the other side after making a defense. And honestly, I think if, if Roy Moore is doubling down, says he didn't do this stuff, uh, he needs his wife out there to, to make the defense of him and the attack on the other side. He needs his wife to be the one to do it. Because Roy Moore, whether he's guilty or innocent, he's guilty in the eyes of so many people. It's got to be his wife out there. It's, it's got to be his wife because she is the closest surrogate to him. To denounce the attacks, say her husband has always been attacked, that they've been happily married, they have so many kids and grandkids, uh, and she is offended for him what happened. And, oh, by the way, uh, if you hand it to the Democrats, this is what you're going to get. If I was the political consultant, and I have, I don't do political consulting anymore, that's what I, that's what I would tell them they have to do. Frankly, I would think if, if Roy Moore's wife is not coming out giving a forceful defense of him, uh, that's another red flag. And they've, they've got to keep as many red flags from going up as possible. And one way you do that is you have the spouse come out and give the forceful defense and go on the attack on the other side uh, because they're not going to attack her. She's the sympathetic figure. But I don't know that they're going to do that. We'll see. Uh, the National Republican Senatorial Committee cutting the funding. Of course, Mitch McConnell doesn't want him in the Senate anyway, and that's what some of more, Roy Moore supporters are hiding behind, that this is a McConnell dirty trick because McConnell hates his guts and would rather have a Democrat there. And that is something that if, if she came out in defense, something she should bring up. We'll see. Let me just throw this out there because I'm seeing a number of Democrats now say this. Hmm. 
What if we actually did remove Bill Clinton back in the 90s for that? Hmm. Wonder. Makes you wonder. Let's go to the phones. Aaron in Ackworth, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How's it going tonight? Good. Uh, quick question for you. So as as the current Republican Congress has been pretty much incapable of, of writing any decent, good legislation for both a replacement for Obamacare and then now even seeing them struggle with uh, this tax legislation, do you think that is a result of uh, conservatives focusing too much on uh, electing folks that are good at talking points and not electing folks that are actually capable and smart enough to produce good legislation? Well, you know, not necessarily, no. I, I think what's going on is there is a battle for the heart and soul of the Republican Party among elected officials. And it's playing out in the drafting of legislation uh, because the party has become so factionalized internally, it becomes very, very hard to get anything done. I And one of the issues that you have is there is a big intellectual fight among conservatives in Washington with their own leadership of how much do we draft new legislation without repealing old stuff? How much do we change things without get, getting rid of things? And that's playing out in real time before our eyes, for example, with the tax code. Uh, and, and I think the issue is that we have to reassert conservative dominance within the party. And part of that comes from the president, who really does need to take a leadership role in helping draft legislation instead of telling the House and the Senate to to rush forward with legislation and then saying, I don't like it. Um, he should be there on day one helping them draft it and then own it with them. Uh, whether it's smart politics for him or not, it's, it's not a great way to get legislation advanced in Congress. Fifty-five after the hour. The phone number four zero four eight seven two zero seven five zero one eight hundred WSB Talk. Let's go back to the phones now. John in Woodstock. I'm coming to you. We figured out the computer problems. Hey Eric, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, just wanted to throw out a thought there that if you throw out the allegations against uh, Moore, and you're an Alabama voter who thought he was the best guy for the job in the first place, why not go ahead and vote for him? If the allegations turn out to be false, you got the best man in the job. If they turn out to be true, he's going to be forced to resign. You turn around and have a special election, and it's a fair fight instead of being thrown out allegations as close to the election. Well, you know, one of the things I suggested this morning is that maybe Roy Moore ought to come out and say, look, I didn't do it. I am innocent, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay in the race because we can't let the other side get it, and once I'm elected, I'm going to step aside and let the governor appoint my replacement so that I can go clear my name. Um, he's not going to do that. He's, he's doubling down saying, no, I didn't do it. Um, and the voters in Alabama are going to have to decide. Uh, are they are they going to believe him, or are they going to not believe him and hold their nose, or are they going to let the Democrat take the seat? And truth be told, I really wouldn't be surprised if he still wins. I mean, maybe I, I shouldn't be surprised. Maybe I should be surprised. Maybe I should think the Democrat will win, and there is some polling out suggesting that it's a tied race now. But I just, I'm not sure about it. We'll keep taking your phone calls, so when we come back, uh, we'll get into other stuff as well. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. 
It is 10 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm just going to go back to the phone calls right now, and I'm going to go first to Rob in Tucker. Welcome, Rob. Hey, thank you. Um, Is the uh, accusations against Moore supposedly happened in private, how can there be 30 independent um, witnesses or um, accounts? Uh, that Otherwise, is a good question. It had to be in public. That's a good question. Not all of them were in private per se. Um, there were a couple, for example, the 17-year-old um, wasn't in a private setting, but where they where they say witnesses from, um, there's some degree using it slightly more loosely than they probably should. They corroborating accounts is probably a better word well, for that's it. Because of politics. Well, no, no, no. Hang on a second, though. The the, the by corroborating accounts. So the question is, and, and this is one of the the red flags for a lot of my friends, is did the girls at the time say anything to anyone? And in multiple cases, the answer is yes. Uh, they told parents or friends contemporaneous to when it supposedly happened. And in one case has kept up the accusations over several years. So whether you believe them or not, um, there were contemporaneous accounts to others um, at the time, from the girls saying this happened to me, it wasn't one of those situations where they didn't tell anyone for 35 years and, and suddenly came forward. Um, they happened at the time. That's that's the red flag issue uh, for these folks. Uh, now, uh, next, Craig in Athens, you're up. Welcome. Well, the question I have is why the Washington Post? Of all of the outlets, why do they not go to local news media? See, the, I mean, you the know, this is why I think better. that the story had to have started from opposition researchers in Washington. Uh, because you would think they would go local. Now, I, I will say that it is Alabama, so uh, who knows about how corrupt or not the local media is or lack of trust thereof, what have you. I mean, uh, local newspapers tend to protect certain politicians. I don't think more is the type they would protect, but this is, to me, why I think there has to be a Washington opposition research firm behind the story, that it was the Washington Post that started digging. Uh, and once the Washington Post started digging, you did have one person, one of the, the ladies involved, has been for a number of years saying that this happened to her. Uh, it's not like she's coming forward now. She was saying it when he was on the Supreme Court, and she was saying it after he was off the Supreme Court, and she's saying it now. And, and the local media in Alabama never really ran with it. Um, and now she's telling the Washington Post, and then they're able to drag up these others. How they found them all, I don't know. I It, it would be interesting to hear the background by how they found them. I will tell you this, though. Having been a political consultant and having worked with candidates and having fed opposition research stories to reporters with names and people they can reach out to and whatnot, uh, I have never, when I've done, and I have done it, uh, I have never had reporters just take the spoon-fed information on a scandal. 
They take spoon-fed information on all sorts of stuff, particularly on on policy position, opposition research hits. Uh, but they've never done it on on sorted stuff. They always go out and independently verify and talk and expand the story. Um, and I think that's what the Washington Post did here. Uh, I, I I'm not going to attack the reporters who I think did a very masterful job. Whether you think it's a hit job or not, uh, it's if it's a hit job and it's true, it's still relevant. And they did a masterful job building a story with multiple corroborating witnesses that find then very few holes in the story. And that's the problem for people. Mike Lee coming out, walking back his endorsement after reading the statements and what Roy Moore put out. Um, now. I mean, see, y'all, th- this is the this is the problem, and it, it's that you. I'm trying to. How do I even dance? Listen, I know a lot of you are partisan and angry, and you think this is an unfair hit job. And I, I've heard from a number of friends this morning who were mad at what I wrote. Defending more supporters, but not defending more. They thought I should have defended more. I've had people who read what I wrote this morning thinking I was defending more, and they're mad at me. I I, I get the the raw tension. I I get the stakes that you think you're playing at, uh, that you feel to be true, that you think are true. But when you read a story that the Washington Post had, whether it is a, a hit job or not, if this was a Democrat you would be going after them full throttle because of the number of victims, because of the number of independent corroborating accounts of contemporaneous people that these victims spoke to. And if it was a 30-year-old Democrat dating a 17-year-old, you would say that's too creepy as well. But because it's a Republican, you're defending, and I get that. And I'm not casting aspersions on any of you who are doing this, and I don't know whether it's true or not. What I will tell you is that in my opinion, having done politics, having done political consulting, having fed opposition research hits to reporters on other people, having been a lawyer, having done criminal indigent defense, knowing people who prosecute these cases, knowing counselors, knowing reporters, knowing some of the reporters who delved into the story, I have a hard time believing that there isn't multiple kernels of truth. Even if the facts after 30 some odd years have shifted, I got a real hard time dismissing the story. And in your partisanship, if you want to just dismiss the story and say that it is, it is a a hit job. Okay. I can't stop you. I'm not going to tell you, you shouldn't vote for Roy Moore because I realize the stakes if it were me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't vote for the other side. I'd just sit home and say to hell with all of you. What I would do and what I would tell you, though, is that whether Roy Moore wins or loses, don't expect much to change in Washington. What is changing is the culture and the morality of the country. What is changing is where people put their trust. And I will say again, I still think people on both sides are trying to find political solutions to spiritual problems. And I think that kind of defines 2016 and now. But you're not going to change Washington. Whether he's there or not, it's not going to change. It's still going to be dysfunctional. And the Republicans who still run Washington, whether he's there or not, are still going to hate your values and hate you, but tell you that they love you because they want your vote. 
You know, I, I said yesterday I've been spending a lot of time dwelling on Jeremiah 29, uh, seek the welfare of the city in which you're in exile, and through its welfare you will find your welfare. And I wonder how much of us um, are, are spending so much time pouring our emotional energy into Washington, we're not paying attention to our own backyard, and how much that is polluting politics, and how much that is having people be convinced they've got to make a devil's bargain uh, because of the the shape of things in Washington, they gotta they gotta vote for people they would otherwise never consider voting for. And I think Trump had some, there there was something to that with Trump, because when the other side puts you in an existential crisis, uh, you're gonna have to bake the cake, bigot. You're gonna have to have the uh, boy in your daughter's bathroom at school and all that. Of, of course, you're going to lash out, and sometimes you're gonna side with people. You're gonna make the Cyrus comparison and all that. I don't blame you for doing it. I don't know that I would do it. But I just, I find the whole thing disgusting. I do. And I'm just not going to be quick to dismiss the article because of, of my party, my tribe, my candidate. Uh, just given my background and, and my experience and, and everything else. But man, just it wouldn't it be nice if he could step down and you could replace him on the ballot? I guess. But 17-year-old and a 30-something, call me old-fashioned, but no. Hello there, 26 after the hour, Eric Erickson here, let's go back to the phones, Scott in Smyrna, you are next, welcome. Hey, uh, how you doing Eric? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, I wanted just to see if I could get the name of that clinic that you did the speech for last night, my uh, oldest son Lincoln is involved in a college uh, ministry, of, it's a pro-life ministry, and um, I've been pro-life for since I was uh a student at Georgia Tech years ago, and uh, I just want to be able to get the word out and help encourage people to use a service like this that does not perform abortions. Well, you know, there are a number all over the state. This one is Caring Solutions uh, in Middle Georgia, and there are a number of them. You know, there's one in Atlanta, and I cannot remember the name of it, but there was a liberal conference in Atlanta this summer, and they went and protested them and and shut them down for the weekend so they couldn't provide services, um, claiming that they were a fake clinic. And the the only reason they say they're a fake clinic is because they don't kill kids. Wow. Yeah, it is. I tell you, you know, just as an aside, folks, just... Both parties have surrendered any moral high ground they have. I'm just, look, I'm not going to defend Roy Moore. And I know I've got listeners who consider him a friend. I'm I'm, I'm not going to defend him on this. And I don't care whether he's guilty or innocent. I, I think he um, knew this was tackle. Well, I, I mean, I'm certain from his campaign that it, they weren't as blindsided as they claimed because the reporters were calling and asking for comment. Um, it, there are other issues with Roy Moore that National Review has documented. Uh, he was certainly means to an end in getting rid of Luther Strange, but man, I just, y'all, I, I'm tired of politicians disappointing people because I know so many of you are mad and, and you're going to be mad at me. You're not going to be mad at him and that's fine. I can take it. Uh, it's just, it's disappointing to see both parties. Um, neither one, I mean, we're all a bunch of sinners, but still. It's just the whole thing is gross. I don't want to have to defend him. I don't want to defend him. Uh, but I'm certainly not going to attack the people who are voting for him because I get it. Uh, and I get why they're doing it. 
And if Washington would just scale back the culture war and the in-your-face attitude on everything and every hill's one to die on, we wouldn't be in these situations anyway. It's all Anthony Kennedy's fault at the end of the day.